really do see it as our job to be the champions of people um, and to be the ones that are pushing the envelope on um, how we should be training, when we should be training, and what we should be training. George Donahue is the director of training at 60 Vines in Mexican Sugar. Jaime, if you go to a 60 Vines, I, they have 60 wines uh, on tap. I actually went to one in Orlando. What'd you think? I loved it. You know, I would imagine that George is a pretty hard job when it comes to like training. It's probably not easy every day to know, uh, to be up to speed with tasting notes across 60 different items. But hey, that's, uh, that's what we're going to talk to George a little bit about today. Prior to 60 Vines and Mexican Sugar, he was the Senior Director of Learning and Development at Fogo de Chao. Been there too, Jaime? No. No? No. Really? That's on my list. Okay. Roger loves uh, Fogo de Chao. And Zoe's Kitchen, prior to that, he spent his whole career thinking about how you skill up, better up, develop teams within organizations in the hospitality space. I want to talk about a bunch of things with George. I want to talk about uh, not just what's happening in the restaurant space, but I want to talk about culture. I want to talk about what makes a good training program different from all the other ones. I want to talk about I want to talk about how he thinks about people. Here's George Donahue. So, George, I guess to, to kick us off, can you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, not on like most restaurant uh, guys and gals. I started early in the industry. I was a uh, a dishwasher, you know, 13 at a local uh, catfish restaurant on the East Coast. Um, didn't realize it at the time, was completely falling in love with it. Uh, didn't know that it was getting in, inside my veins, but it was. And, um, you know, it's how I put myself through college. I was a server and a trainer for uh, a concept that everyone knows and um, is no longer with us in, a, in the United States. But uh, I've spent my entire life in restaurants and around restaurants um, and hospitality in general, hotels as well through, through school. Um, culinary school grad, hospitality management grad, went to NC State for a few years uh, as a business grad, um, didn't make it because I, I realized I hated it um, and that I needed to get back into the hospitality field. And uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. So I've been a part of small mom and pop brands that have grown to public companies. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of my sweet spot is being part of um, organizations that are scaling. Uh, I love the uh, craziness of it. I've uh, got two beautiful kids, a beautiful wife, and uh, living in Dallas, Texas. You know, I find that directors of training, especially in hospitality and food, they're like, they're really tough to go to dinner with uh, because <laughs> they're always watching everything. They're, they're, they're you know, they're, all, they're always on alert. Is that, is that the same with you? It's 100% true. I would say that about anybody in operations as well. Like it's, I, you know, my, my, my family always wants to go eat at the restaurants that, uh, that I support. And it's very hard for me to do it because when I go, I'm, I'm on, on, I'm working. I can't just enjoy the cocktail. I'm constantly looking. So yeah, that's, that's probably pretty accurate across the board. In, in your mind, what, how do you define uh, like a, a quality uh, customer experience? What, what, is, what does that look like? Well, I think the key word there is experience. Um, we, we say a lot here, like we're, you know, in, in our environment, we say chase experiences, not sales. And I think that's where a lot of, I would say that's probably true for retail as well. But um, when you're so focused on getting the sale and you forget about the experience, um, that's, that's kind of the, uh, the, the missing piece of the puzzle. So for us and, and for me in general, like when I'm as a guest, when I'm out and about, that's what I'm looking for. I want to know that, 
I'm experiencing something unique. I'm experiencing something authentic um, that I'm not getting the same spiel from my my server or my bartender that you know they've given 40 times that night. And uh, it's hard. That's hard to do, but that's what I'm looking for. And I think that's what most people are looking for is experience. And I think that's even going to be more important now as we come out of COVID. I don't think that run-of-the-mill restaurant hospitality experience is just going to cut it anymore. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, what what's changed about uh, your role uh, in on the training side? And I ask that from the, the perspective of as the service experience has changed in the labor force. Maybe yeah. you know everybody complained about millennials. Now we're complaining about Gen Z. Like, what's changed about that? training and development motion to get the most out of your people yeah you know it's funny we'll find a reason to complain about any generation won't we <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is um for me you know i do think there's truth in that you know certain generations require certain approaches but i also think that it's true that every generation wants the same thing too so we all want to feel valued we all want to feel like we're well taken care of we all want to feel security we all want to feel pride in the job that we're doing and the opportunities that we have so I think that the, cons the consistencies across the generations is more important than like what a, spe a specific generation needs. Now, when that comes to delivering whatever learning product you're trying to deliver, I do think that that is, can be generational you know, specific. And I tr we try to meet that. But the biggest changes I've seen is that the quality and the um, originality of the training content that we have, that we should be, you know, delivering now is a little bit different the, the the expectation i think is is higher and i think it's good because it's, it's requiring all of us to kind of step up to the plate and do things that are unique and out of the box and we've never done before and maybe let go of some of those things that that, that we know don't work like you know really bad powerpoints um and move on to you know uh things that are actually effective what is it like uh you know because so many i mean well consumers frequent, you know, everybody eats, everybody goes to restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think from being in the trenches, like you are really seeing the front of house experience, the back of house and the, you know, the operation as a whole, um, what would surprise, you know, the average consumer about, um, you know, building a team or a culture inside of a, a restaurant brand like 60 Vines? No, yeah, that's a great question. I think that well, and I would say just any, any restaurant, right? What I think people sometimes miss is the level of soft skills it requires to be good at any position in a restaurant. Um, you know, there's this old saying, like, better be careful, you end up flipping burgers. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but it's like a threat parents make to the kids. I've always, like, really been bothered by that statement because in my mind, you would be so lucky to end up flipping burgers. And there's a few reasons why you what you get from like a people standpoint and being able to learn how to be around people and interact with people and deal with stressful situations and you know conflict management and de-escalation and all of those things it's like a crash course and you just can't get that in that concentrated form um i believe really anywhere else outside of the hospitality industry so i think sometimes we forget that you know these are actual human beings in the restaurants and um and they've had to adapt and change and learn and grow just to be able to function in that kind of stressful environment and it is stressful i mean it's it's an intense you know work environment and 
Um, a lot of things come from that. And so one of the things we're, you know, you talk about what's changed in training, you know, the last few years, the focus on wellness and uh, helping people be full, um, you know, their cups are full. So it's like, if I expect you to like, you know, provide an incredible experience to a guest, but you're just not like mentally there, you're not mentally in it, you've got stress, you know, from outside work that you're bringing with you, um, you know, we got to help that. And so we've just been focused on that. And, and also, you know, we talk to people a lot about that so that they can have awareness of like what it's like to be right now in the hospitality industry, um, you know, dealing with COVID and all that. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. I, I look at, as a sports guy, I, I always kind of look at the training director as um, kind of like the strength conditioning coach. I mean, they didn't necessarily get to recruit the players that show up in their weight room, but their responsibility to develop, uh, to develop them. Uh, but from your vantage point, what type of recommendations do you have to folks out there who are hiring right now? Um, like what is, what does it look like from, from your view on, um, the type of worker that stands out to be successful, um, in a, in a job in, you know, a hospitality environment? Sure. You know, so, you know, there's options right now. I mean, everybody is hiring. Um, everybody is looking for the best of the best. Um, if I were to give advice to other employers who are struggling, um, you know, finding that talent and bringing that talent in, I go back to that word authentic. And I just see a lot of really subpar kind of talent recruiting strategies um, that, you know, where I get filtered out by an ATS system that doesn't care about me or what I've got. Maybe I submitted the wrong type of document to the computer and it just kicked it out. Maybe there's nobody actually um, filtering through. So I, I personally believe the talent's out there. I'm, we're seeing it um, where, where I am. And uh, it's, not, it's not easy. I'm not, and I don't want to paint too broad of a stroke on it. But I think that personal touch is what is missing. And anyone who's tried to look for a job in the last few years has seen that. The, the rise of technology in that, in that space has been great because it, it can help, but it can also really hinder. And a lot of, I can speak specifically in my industry because I know it the best, a lot of restaurant um, restaurants are uh, kind of being handcuffed um, by the technology they choose. So being really smart about how you go to market with um, your job propositions and what you bring to the table as an employer, but then not letting a, a piece of technology get in the way of that. It should be amplified, not like, you know, handcuffing. Totally. You know, at, at, um, you know in your current role, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you are, you do have a, in our building, a training team uh, that, that supports your strategy, correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, like a lot of training directors, I wear a few hats, a little bit of HR, a little bit of operations, a little bit of ops services. Um, and then in restaurant, we have certified trainers that, that facilitate the training for new hires in our restaurants. So, um, and we have, uh, you know, training restaurants that are specifically for salary training. Um, so when we hire new managers, but uh, yeah, there's a whole team of us uh, making it happen. What, uh, you know, again, just to also to kind of pull some advice from you with, mm -hmm. I think there's been a big surge uh, recently. There's going to be, I think a really big surge next year as HR budgets really start to come maybe normalize of organizations, either rethinking or um, investing uh, better in whether it's software or it's people around you know, development and training uh, as a category. What what advice do you have to, to someone who is standing up that um, 
department from scratch? You know, you've done a lot scaling up in environments where brands are moving really quickly. You know, what would you tell me if I got hired tomorrow, first time head of training, um, really excited about the opportunity, but I'm green. What, what are the things I should uh, focus on? I think where I've found success in the past is being really connected to the business. So um, understanding the financials um, of not only the, the unit level financials, but the GNA at the corporate level, understanding what the strategic goals are for um, the company. So being lockstep with you know, whatever the CEO um, is trying to accomplish. That to me is really important if you want a seat at the table. Um, training directors that are disconnected from the financial financials of the business often are not included in decisions that, that they could and should be included in. So that's my first, that's always what I tell any new time um, training person is to, to get involved and really intimately familiar with the financials. Once you have that, I think that it is a job of, and it, it's never really written anywhere, but I really do see it as our job to be the champions of people um, and to be the ones that are pushing the envelope on um, how we should be training, when we should be training, and what we should be training. It also is a very common challenge for us that we often are given things and saying, hey, I need a training program for this. But it's not actually a training problem. It's a leadership problem, or it's a communication problem, or it's simply a coaching issue, right? We can coach better. And so training directors, if you really want to be good at it, you got to be able to kind of identify like what problem we're actually solving for. And then yes, providing a solution for it. Not, it's not like saying like, oh, that's not my job. It's an operations issue. But it's saying it's not actually that you need a training guide, video, game, whatever it may be. It's that you need help with your leaders being able to be better coaches. So let's focus on that. And so problem identification and then having really creative solutions is uh, to me, the hallmark of a great um, training director or anybody in training that can do that, if you can master that, um, the sky's the limit. Sure. Um, I, I wanted to ask you this question, uh, just given the, uh, the amount that is kind of coming up in the new cycle around great and can, the great resignation and folks that are um, considering, you said earlier, people have options, you know, people are starting to look for other paths. Um, what, from, from your seat, how do you, how are you getting ahead of that for maybe folks who may, again, maybe uh, considering options? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we felt, we felt that early on. I mean, I think the, a lot of the reports that I was seeing was that, you know, 40% of the hospitality workforce or somewhere around that has opted out um, of that. And I think there was, I think there's a, we could probably talk for four hours on why, why that is. And, um, but I think that's a pretty close number based on what um, we've experienced and what we're seeing. The good news is, and I can only speak from my small corner of the world, we, we feel it coming back. You know, we're getting a lot of people that are opting back in. And I think maybe that's because they feel safer. But I still, we still talk daily about that future state, which, because I do believe it's coming, where you've got, um, you know, people who have opportunity to jump out of the restaurant space um, or the hospitality space in general and move to another industry. Maybe they're taking some math homework. Maybe they're doing some side gigs. Like whatever it is, um, people are looking for other opportunities. So what we're doing and what I would advise anyone and encourage anyone in the restaurant space to do is think about 
restaurant culture. Um, if we continue the way that we are kind of notorious for continuing in the restaurant space, we have a we have a reputation. I don't think it's a secret to anyone. I mean, you can go back to like Bourdain's, you know, early book. Um, he was calling it out back then. But we have a pretty we haven't we have a lot of toxic culture that happens in, in the restaurant space. We have a lot of and a lot of that's born from the stress that we're going through as we're trying to pull this off every day. Um, so there's you know not making excuses for it, but we have real opportunities in redefining like what it means to be a restaurateur or working in a restaurant or building a career in restaurants. We have a real opportunity and like helping people see that like, yeah, you can make a, a very successful career working in a restaurant. And a lot of, it's hard for people to see that because when they look at the leaders that are leading them, they're like, huh, I don't know. Do I really want to work, you know, 70 hours a week and miss all my family um, events and, and not be a part of the things that really matter in life. And because that's the picture, that's the what they've seen this whole time, they don't know. So what we're doing is we're trying to redefine all of that. We're trying to reimagine all of that. We're trying to look at, you know, um, wellness is kind of being our, our, our total approach to, you know, hey, you want to work for 60? This is going to be all about wellness. Um, and what does that look like? You know, we're still figuring it out. We're making some pretty cool moves. We've got some big plans, but I think any restaurateur out there that's not thinking about the work environment and the culture, um, you're going to be so far behind because people are over it. You know, they, they want something better. And we, we are uniquely provide, we can provide something really cool and special, but um, we have to stop with the 80s and 90s and early 2000s kind of mentality of running restaurants and move into the future. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's almost like, you know, so many folks that maybe get so tunneled visioned on training, you know, the, the technical part of the job. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's almost having, striking a balance uh, across everything that you're coaching and, and focusing on. Yeah, every, everything has a balance. And of course, we got to get people functionally competent in their role. But I also want them to be better human beings. And we need yeah. to be better human beings first as their leaders. So um, that's that's kind of the approach we're taking. That's cool. Yeah, better humans are better workers, right? Like that kind of goes together. I mean, it's a funny thought. <laughs> well, that leads us to a last question, George. Uh, Future of work is a topic which is often, you know, about um, robots coming and there's definitely your fair share in your industry and restaurants with robots popping up, do, you know, the flipping the burger thing, you might not even be able to do uh, in, if certain brands had, you know, full, full reign. Um, when you hear future of work, uh, what's your hope for the future of work? My hope for the future of work is that People aren't discouraged um, by technology advancing. I see that as opportunity. I see that as like ways, how can technology make certain parts of the job easier? Let's just take something mundane like rolling silverware, which is like a huge dissatisfier in the rough. Nobody likes to do it. Everybody hates it, Everybody complains about it. I don't know, if I had a robot that could do it for me and then I could focus solely on the guest experience, like I think I'd be down with that. And so. I don't get so freaked out about like job replacement when it comes to stuff like that. I think that we will find a way and I go back to that word experience. Like, I just think that people are always going to value that and they're always going to look for that. And those that can provide it are going to be okay. 
Um, and if part of that experience is having a robot flip a burger for you, that, that might be for a while, but ultimately we're about human connection as, as humans. And I don't think that that's going to go away and I'm not worried about it. George, thanks for taking time. You bet. Thank you so much. Great to be here. You know, I had a lot of really big takeaways from George. Uh, a few of them, you know, he said any restaurant out there not thinking about the work environment and the culture is going to be so behind because people are over it. Is there, I don't know if there's ever been a more true statement made today. Uh, but one up from that, he talked about wanting people to be functional in their role. But he said that he also wants them to be good people and to start with that. You know, if you think about the future of work, you know, today it's true in America, one in two workers are low wage, uh, 80% service sector. These are people who deliver an experience in an environment which is very challenging and at times uh, requires you to be agile, requires you to move quickly. And it was really cool to be able to talk to George, who uh, in my opinion is doing some tremendous work uh, at 60 Vines uh, as part of the front burner network of brands that uh, is working every day to try to create an environment where all of their people can be successful. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to look up 60 Vines in Mexican Sugar, see if there's one in your neighborhood. If not, uh, they're probably coming there soon. Now don't forget to subscribe to Bring It In so you never miss an episode. We've got some awesome guests lined up that you're not gonna wanna miss. Now, back to work. Mm-hmm.